there's been so many devastating things that I've had to go through and had to overcome and prayed and decided to keep going because this is what I was supposed to do. And it was just really hard. I wanted to give up so many times I wanted to quit, but I had that grit, that grit that pushed me. I was like, I want this. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think. I want this bad enough and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it and I'm going to get it. Hey y'all, Emily Abadi here coming to you from the AG studio. You are listening to Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. For episode 193, wow, (laughs) where's the time gone? I am chatting with Michaela Skinner. She's a gymnast and Olympic silver medalist. And we're really getting into it today. I mean, we are talking about some high highs and some low lows. Michaela talks to me about how challenging 2020 and 2021 were for her, dealing with the postponement of the Olympics, catching COVID, followed by pneumonia, while already dealing with a painful bone spur. All of this, it had her out of gymnastics for over a month, super emotionally taxing, especially again during an Olympic year. She talks to me about the emotions that surrounded that big moment with teammate Simone Biles in Tokyo and how it felt for her to show up for her team and her country. Plus, I ask her what it's been like to be heavily criticized. A lot of people have a lot of opinions about Michaela and her confidence. And we talk about where that comes from, where she gets her confidence from, where she finds her motivation. We also get into what she wants to do next, what her hopes and dreams are coming down the pipe, and so much more. Thanks so much, Michaela, for this combo. We had some technical difficulties coming into it, but all in all, <laughs> ended up with a really good chat to bring here to the feed today. I'm keeping this intro short and sweet this week, but I do want to throw a little like challenge into the mix, if you will, for social media. I would love it if you are a regular hurdler, if you identify as a hurdler, do me a solid this week on your social media, post your favorite episode. Everyone has the ability to throw a link into their Instagram stories now. So if you could, in your Instagram story, post a screen grab and a link to your favorite hurdle episode, Tell your friends, tell your followers what it is that you like. It doesn't matter how big (laughs) your following is. It it helps get the show out there. It helps spread the word. And that makes all the difference. I'm excited to see which ones are your favorites. Again, over at Hurdle Podcast, I'm over at Emily Abadi. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Michaela Skinner. She is an Olympic silver medalist gymnast. How are you doing today, Michaela? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks. How are you feeling right now? You are at least four months removed from Tokyo. How are you feeling at this point? I feel like life's been treating me pretty good. It's kind of nice waking up, not having to stress about going into the gym and you know, wanting to cry or it's going to be a hard day and having to work to get through it. So it's actually been really, really good. I've, 
I've been enjoying life and kind of enjoying being a normal person. It's kind of weird. <laughs> a normal person. You have had such an impressive career thus far as a gymnast. And I am so excited just to hear a little bit more about it from your POV. I mean, let me click into some of these headlines that I remember seeing last year. Michaela Skinner pulled it off. Michaela Skinner wins unexpected silver medalist. The untold truth of Michaela Skinner. So many different angles and whatnot. But for you, how do you feel about how things went in Tokyo? A lot of emotions are all over the place. I mean, it was just such a crazy journey. I mean, even coming into this, it was like, I didn't know if I was going to make the Olympic team. I just wanted to have no regrets. I wanted to come back into it knowing that I did everything I could because the Olympics has always been my dream ever since I was a little girl. And, you know, going into college, I was like, you know, I'm still throwing these huge skills. I think that I could go back into elite and my body would be able to hold up because in college, I never really got injured. I was still doing really good. And I was like, you know, age is just a number. So let, why not? Let's go and try this. So I never would have thought I was going to make the Olympic team. I know I placed fourth at Olympic trials in 2016, but going into Tokyo and being named as a um, event specialist was kind of was not what I was expecting. I came back into elite trying to do the four man team just because Jade Carey, they had already said was trying for the individual spot. And me and her are very similar in floor and vault. So I decided, you know, okay, I'll do, I'll do the four, even though I'm not good at bars and beam, but I'll, I'll go for it anyway. So I did. And then of course I placed fifth at, um, Olympic trials and he decides to take, you know, rank order, which is totally fine. But then I was kind of left, you know, am I going to make it? Are they going to put me alternate again? Like I didn't know what to expect. And then he put me as the event um, specialist and I was like, okay, like I made the Olympic team, so I can't complain, but this is definitely be very different than what I was ever expecting. So I kind of went in, into it with a little bit of a different mindset than I thought I was going to, but I was like, I just got to make the best of this. I'm going to do this for me and for nobody else. That's the most important thing. So being able to go into Tokyo and, you know, try to place individually was really, really hard, especially when you have Simone, that's really good on floor and vault and you have Jade. So I knew there was going to be kind of a competition and there was a chance I wouldn't make anything. So my main goal was going into prelims, just trying to do the best that I could do to go out there, give it my all, compete my hardest. Um, Cause I was like, this could be, you know, my last competition ever um, as an elite gymnast. So I went in, did everything I could and killed it, had the meat of my life, which was just crazy. Um, you know, still didn't make anything, but of course everybody knows the story of how, you know, Simone had to back out and, I got to go in. So I don't know. It was just the the craziest experience. Never would have thought it would have happened, but at least making it to Tokyo was just, that was just a dream come true. Never would have thought that would have happened with, you know, COVID and everything that postponed me with getting COVID and pneumonia and my foot injury. So it was just, I was just grateful to be there. So much to digest here. Nothing has happened is basically what I heard you just, <laughs> <laughs> I heard you just explain. First and foremost, let's talk about, I guess the word underdog. I feel like we hear that a lot when it comes to your story, especially when it comes to a lot of your critics. You mentioned being a gymnast in college and then coming out to go back into elite. So talk to us about kind of how that works for people that are unfamiliar with retirement versus like unretiring, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah. So after 2016, I decided to go to college and I wanted to try something different. 
I kind of hated elite gymnastics just because it was so brutal. And, you know, with the Marta era, it was just hard um, and abusive. And I was just ready to move on, try something different, went to college, fell in love with the sport. For people that don't really know gymnastics or college gymnastics, it's a lot easier. You train, train like 20 hours a week. Um, in elite gymnastics, you're training 32 plus hours a week. So it's just a big, big, big difference. Um, I was like, wow, this is nice. Like I don't have to train that much. My skills are a lot easier for my floor routine. It used to be four passes and three of the passes you're running off of one foot. And then you go to college. It's like three simple, easy passes. But I decided to keep some of my elite skills in college, even though I wouldn't get the difficulty for it. So that kind of what made me stand out compared to everybody else, which that's kind of what I wanted. I feel like college is all kind of on the same level and I just want it to be different. And I feel like I have made such a difference in college because now when I go back and watch within the last two years and I was watching Utah and watching the girls compete, it's so cool to see some of them throwing the bigger tricks, you know, even though they don't get the difficulty for it. So I love that. Um, But yeah, I decided to come back into elite, thought I had retired I was like, after my freshman year, I was like, I am never going back to elite gymnastics. Like college is great. Like, this is awesome. I'm living my best life. It's so much fun to be with a team and to have like a sisterhood and to just go out there and compete and enjoy what you're doing instead of feeling stressed and like you're going to throw up all the time. So (laughs) thinking I was retired, but soon comes to be, I decided my junior year, right after season, I kind of thought about it the whole year, decided to come back to elite and you when you, when you think about it, you kind of are like, oh yeah, like I know elite gymnastics was really hard, but like at the time I kind of like forgot how hard it was just because it had been three years. And so like, I knew it was going to be hard, but once I got back into the gym, I was like, what did I get myself into? This sucks. Like, this is so much <laughs> harder than I thought. Cause like, even though I was doing some hard skills in college, it's like, you forget you have to add in that fourth pass on floor. Your bar routine has like 20 more skills in it. And then I have to go back learning a pack instead of doing a bail. And I hit my chin on the bar, about broke my face, just like so many things. And the older you get, gymnastics gets scarier. I forget, like I used to be such a daredevil and was like, I'll throw anything, chuck anything, like I don't care. But the older you get, you realize you're like, wow, this is actually really scary. And I know that I could seriously get hurt. So it was definitely an adjustment for me. But in three months of coming back into elite, I competed at Classics. And then two weeks later, made the national team and then made the world's team, you know, all with three months of training, which I don't think anybody has ever done that. And it's been very rare for elite gymnasts that went to college to come back. I know Brenna Dow did it, um, you know, going into 2016 Olympics, but I think I've kind of been the only one that has done something like this, which I think is really, really cool. But I hope that I've been able to inspire so many other athletes, like knowing, you know, no matter how old you are, you can still do gymnastics as long as you watch your training, take care of yourself and, you know, don't train as many hours. And I would say that that attitude is something that obviously carries along with you into the rest of the things that you do, right? Obviously learning in that, in that time period that when you're willing to put in the hard work and really dedicate yourself to something, then like really awesome and amazing things can happen. And what Mm -hmm. I also hear from you as you talk about all of this and share your story is such a presence about you, but also like a really large amount of pride. And at times, as many people may know, that pride and perhaps that confidence has also been something that others have looked at as maybe 
a little too much. So mm-hmm. talk to me about how you feel about that pride and that confidence that you bring, not just to your gymnastics, but of course, to everything else that you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's been hard. I mean, you know, a lot of people just sit online thinking, you know, they know everything about you, but if anything, I've been through so many trials. There's so many things to my story. I, I, I want to write a book. <laughs> um, I kind of want to write a book doing about me, my coach's perspective and the parent's perspective, because with most books, you know, you kind of get the story of the athlete, but I want people to really know like what the parents have to go through, what the coaches have to go through and kind of all the behind the scenes stuff that a lot of people don't get to see or hear about. And there's been so many devastating things that I've had to go through and had to overcome and, you know, prayed and decided to keep going because this is what I was supposed to do. And it was just really hard. I wanted to give up so many times I wanted to quit, but I had that grit, that grit that pushed me. I was like, I want this. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think. I want this bad enough and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it and I'm going to get it. And I think a lot of people could see, you know, wow, Michaela, you know, fell, she got back up, she kept going, she kept pushing. And, you know, look where she came, she pushed through all of that and ended up at the top. And I think, you know, those fails are definitely what made me stronger. And I know I can kind of be a little spicy and, you know, kind of have a little go, go get it attitude. But if anything, I think my competitiveness is what brings it out in me. I'm super competitive. If I'm playing a board game with my family, Jonas's family, my husband's side of the family, he, um, even my husband's really competitive. So we don't do good when we play games together, but it gets really intense. I get really heated. If I lose, I just, I can't, I have to like leave the room. I'm like, this is it. So I think if anything, the reason that I'm, you know, that helps me in my gymnastics is just being so competitive. I, I want to go out there. I want to win. I want to show people how hard I've worked. And, you know, sometimes I know it's not always about the medals or, you know, the trophies or, you know, the money, anything like that. It's not, it's about showing that all my hard work has paid off. And I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be good. I wanted to catch up to Simone. I want, I want to be as high as they are. They're amazing athletes. And, you know, if you want it bad enough, like I said, never give up. Anything is possible. You just got to go out there and get it. So, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes life isn't fair and, you know, sometimes you get pissed off. That just happens. But if anything, I just, you know, want to go out there and just show the world what I got. And, you know, I, I want to be that inspiration for so many girls out there. Gymnastics is hard. You, you want to quit. There's blood, sweat and tears and it's just a hard sport, but it's definitely worth it if you just keep working at it and, you know, you never give up on it. You mentioned uh, being knocked down so many times. And of course, you also mentioned COVID and pneumonia uh, before the Olympics. Before we get to that point, let's even dial it back a little bit more, reflecting on some of those times previous to 2021 that you truly felt just like you were totally knocked down on your knees. When I bring that up for you, what comes to mind? Honestly, just that year pushing through it with COVID. I, I just, I seriously wanted to quit. I was like this, I don't even know if this is worth it. I might me and my husband are married. He's had to take time off of school. I had to take time off of school as well. And, you know, there's so much to life. And I was like, is this even like worth it just for a sport? You know, I'm like, does it really even matter? Like, even though like the Olympics is such a big deal, I was like, is that even worth it? Like, I know I've worked so hard for it, but I was like, this is just brutal having to stay another year. I only had expected to train for a year and I was doing so well and I had pushed so hard. And I was like, I don't have to do this for a year. That's all I want to do. Just give it one year. And, you know, it was really hard. I I wanted to quit every day. I was crying every single day. My body was in so much pain. 
I was telling my husband, I'm like, I'm so sorry you have to deal with me because I just feel like a wimpy little baby, but it's, it's true. My body, I, it's exhausting. Elite gymnastics was just so hard. So I think definitely going into that last push, you know, before season was starting going into the Olympic year, it was just, it was hard. I, I seriously wanted to quit every single day. I, then I had to take a step back and was like, I had to tell myself, you know, why are you doing this? I wrote down on a piece of paper, I drew two, two circles. And in the middle circle, it was, you know, the topic. And then on each side was what I can control and what I can't control. And so I had to push all the things that I couldn't control and focus on the things that I could and the reasons why I wanted to do this and why I'm here and why I should never give up. So it's definitely been a challenge, but look, I pushed through it and, you know, everything just fell into place the way it was supposed to. And I just had to have faith in God that this is what I was supposed to do. And even, you know, being at the Olympic games, I had gotten down on my knees and prayed and prayed and prayed and just had an overwhelming feeling of knowing, you know, it, this isn't the way it's supposed to end. And so it was just so crazy how the whole thing played out, you know, with Simone, it was very unfortunate and it was just devastating. And I was crying myself because I was like, I didn't want this for her. You know, me and her have been really good friends for a long time. And it was really sad to see her have to go through that. But even just the love and support that she had and was giving me to be able to step in for her was just incredible. It just felt so amazing to have that love and support from her because it would have, you know, made it worse if we didn't have, you know, that great friendship and that love for each other. But I'm super grateful for all the opportunities that I've had, all the trials that I've had, all the setbacks. I think if anything, those have made me stronger. I'm glad that it didn't just come easy and I got to win everything or, you know, get first all the time. I'm glad that I've had these trials because it's, it's going to set me up for life to know that I can conquer anything that comes my way. You know, you're sharing something that is just such a through line with what we talk about here on the show is the idea that it's not in our easiest, breezy, most like victorious moments that we learn a ton of these lessons, but rather in these trials, in these tribulations, in these struggles that you have the opportunity to really learn, not just about your circumstance and the situation, but how to better move forward in your day to day to give us a accurate timeline. So when did you get COVID? I mean, I feel like it's been a while now, so I feel like I gotta remember, but it was like during Thanksgiving and like Christmas, I got it like a couple days after my birthday. So I was really, really sick for two weeks and kind of thought I was starting to get better. Um, after it was like 12 days, we went to Utah for Christmas, which probably didn't help traveling and, you know, being in Utah because it was freezing. But even Jonas's family could just tell like, I wasn't myself. I was just really tired, was sleeping all day. Even though I was feeling better, my body just had no energy. And I was like crying to Jonas. I'm like, I just really don't feel good. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I got to start training. You know, the Olympics is coming up in the summer. So it was just a really, really stressful time. And right before that, I had a bone spur in the back of my foot. So it was like a huge bone spur kind of up by my Achilles. And so we kind of thought maybe I should do surgery to take it out. But it's kind of like, I think I've had this most of my life. It's just growing and has gotten bigger. So we decided not to do the surgery. I did a PRP injection, did lots of shockwave therapy and different things to strengthen it and get it better because the surgery just would have kept me out too long. So I did all that. And right as I just started to come back from healing and I got to start tumbling again, I got hit with the COVID. So it was just like one thing after the other. And I was just like, I just kind of felt like giving up at this point. So 
that Sunday when I started feeling sick again, I was like, this just can't be happening. Like I'm so far behind. I don't even know if this is worth going to the Olympics. So right after that, the next day I called my mom and Jonas was leaving for work for a week. And, um, so he was going to some other state. And so I went to my mom's house. She's like, come to my house. And I was just bawling. And I was like, I just really don't feel good. I don't know what's wrong with me. My parents took me to the hospital and I was there for like six or eight hours. And I had pneumonia. So they gave me an injection, put me on meds. And then I had to take like a whole nother 10 days off from gymnastics. So I was out for like a month and it was like the longest I've ever been out of gymnastics because I've never had injuries that have kept me out for a long period of time. I've never had a surgery. So it's kind of crazy thinking my whole career of gymnastics, I've never had a surgery or a broken bone besides a stress fracture in my back that I got an injection for and just kept going. So it was just, it was, it was hard. It was, I didn't even think I was gonna be able to make it even coming back. My endurance was so bad, but I pushed through it and was able to come back. I just had to take things one day at a time and take it slow, but it was, it was pretty wild. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, my friends at Priority. If you haven't heard about them yet, I am here to blow your mind because Priority is the maker of some of my favorite bicycles. Over the last couple of years, I have gotten so into cycling and it's not always like hardcore road or mountain bike riding, but rather just riding my bike around town on the regular. Whether it's running errands, riding with my family, or even commuting, regular riding has brought me a ton of joy. Now, I know that it can be really, really intimidating shopping for bicycles, knowing what to get, being pressured into more than you need. And then, oh, there's the stress of upkeep. Well, that is where my friends at Priority Bicycles come in. I have a Priority Bicycle. I've actually had two over the last couple of years. And the company was founded and run by cycling industry veterans who weren't just thinking of how to make bikes faster or more techie. They wanted to make bicycles that were easier to ride and maintain totally speaking my language. (laughs) Their bikes have low maintenance designs, which trust me, at first I needed them to explain this to me, but now it totally makes sense. Basically, they are light and they're intuitive. They have things like puncture resistant tires and the biggest feature that they offer, a carbon fiber belt drive instead of a chain, which is just easier to clean. (laughs) If you've ever had, God, chain grease on your pants, you know what a disaster it can be. Plus, it lasts longer. Anyway, I'm a huge fan of Priority Bicycles, and I know that you will be too. They've got a great deal for the hurdlers. Head on over to prioritybicycles.com slash hurdle or use code hurdle at checkout to get $50 off your first bike today. Again, that is prioritybicycles.com slash hurdle. Use code hurdle at checkout to get $50 off today. Also want to give some love to my friends at Element. I I literally pulled out my Element box from the cabinet today because I was looking at my plans and I have a half marathon on the horizon, which means that these double digit runs, they are coming back into the mix. Element is a science backed electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. And it is my go to when I am in peak training and honestly, all year round. In terms of formulation and ingredients, Element keeps it simple, giving the perfect ratio of electrolytes while cutting out things like sugar and fillers, gluten, or other dodgy ingredients. I personally love to recharge with a serving of their watermelon salt flavor after my long runs, but they have a lot of really other amazing ones, ranging from raspberry and orange to chocolate or even unflavored. 
if that's your shtick. <laughs> Good news is that you get to try all the flavors with this special offer for Hurdle listeners. Head on over to drinkelement.com slash Hurdle. That's drinklmnt.com slash Hurdle and get a free Element sample pack, including two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two raw unflavored. You only pay $5 for shipping. Again, this is only for Hurdle listeners. To claim this deal, you must go to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com slash Hurdle. Let's get back to it. So starting off an Olympic year with back-to-back COVID pneumonia and then Feeling just, I mean, as if those two things for anyone wouldn't be like a complete downer to then have to navigate the frustrations that come hand in hand with not being able to exercise or move how you want to. I can't even like, I'm just sitting here shaking my head, thinking about how frustrating that must've been. I would assume at this point, um, aside from Jonas and your immediate family, it probably really helped to perhaps talk to like a therapist or a sports psychologist about what you were dealing with. Yeah, I did. I had Clay, my mental trainer, and he's from Utah, and he reached out to us through social media and was just like, hey, I don't know if you've ever had one before, but like, I'd love to help you, you know, going back into your elite career. And if there's anything you want help with or anything that I can do, just let me know. So we decided to use him and, you know, we have our YouTube channel. So we thought it'd be cool to share with other athletes that need help because I realized how much it was helping me. And so we're like, we wanted to share this with others. So we did a little YouTube video about it and he worked with me, you know, up until the Olympics, which was really cool. And he gave so many things that just really helped. And, you know, I've had different mental trainers before and coaches that have talked to me. And sometimes I feel like there's just, just kind of messing me up, getting in my head, but we really focused on things that I needed and that I could work on and talk to him about, even if I just vented to him about, you know, my coach was doing this, or I'm struggling with this. For me, it was just, you know, sometimes I got a vent, you know, Jonas sometimes doesn't get it. Um, It was nice to have him be able to help me, you know, go back and think, you know, okay, well, maybe your coach was thinking like this for this reason. And he did also really help me be able to talk to my coaches more. You know, I used to be so scared to talk to my coaches. And that's something I really had to work on and building that relationship with my coach and, you know, being able to go up and tell her, like, I just can't physically do this today. And that's okay. You know, because I, I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to do something stupid. So um, I think that's the most important thing is building that relationship with your coach. So he definitely helped me in so many different ways. And I really recommend it for all athletes, because I think, you know, sometimes, you know, even though, you know, you can do what you can do and you've done it for so long. And I, I thought I wouldn't ever need that, but having that help and learning different things to help me get through those things is what, you know, made the whole picture come together and, you know, help me make that last push through that last year. So I think it is very important and every athlete, every athlete needs it. Yeah. I mean, beyond every athlete, I would say, I feel like obviously talk therapy and all of its different forms can be so helpful for so many of us. I'm also sure that, um, it probably helped you navigating a lot of the criticisms that you were receiving. Talk to me about how you've been able to keep your peace, perhaps let's call it that despite the criticisms that have come your way, whether it be via social media Mm -hmm. or um, other conventional sources of media? Yeah, um, I've had to learn the hard way 
there's been a couple times, you know, where I've said stupid things, which I feel like everybody does or makes mistakes. Or sometimes you say something, but it doesn't mean this and people take it as that. And you're just kind of like, that's not what I meant at all. I promise. So it does get, it does get really hard at times, but over the years, I've just realized that, you know, like I've said, nobody really knows you. Nobody knows where you come from. And I think, um, you know, people have to learn, you have to grow. Sometimes you need to make those mistakes to grow as a person. And, um, if anything, you know, I just feel like sometimes people like to sit on social media and say rude things because it makes themselves feel better. So if anything, sometimes when I see a comment pop up, I kind of just laugh and I'm like, well, you don't know anything. So it's just, it's just kind of funny. I just kind of laugh at it and kind of make it like a joke more than like, oh, that's offensive or it hurts. And I just kind of will either, you know, block that account if they're going to say hurtful things. It's like, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Like, I'm sure you didn't always have that approach though, right? (laughs) Like, I'm sure you said it took you time. Like, do you remember before you maybe got to this place where you understood more of like kind of the thought process and why these people might be saying these things of how you weren't this excellent at reacting this way? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of criticism too because I'm not flexible and I totally get it. Like being a gymnast, you need to be flexible. You need to have execution, but it's like, they don't understand that I've worked so hard to get more flexible, but my body just isn't flexible. I've tried so many things. Every time I go to therapy, I go to doctors. They just can't believe how my body and all my joints just don't move. And so sometimes I'm like, I'm like, I wish I could just tweet and say like, I should get extra credit for being able to do gymnastics without being able to bend. I'm like, now I see why it's so hard for people that are like famous musicians, artists, like I'm just like, I don't know how they do it, but if anything, I just had to sit back and take the time and just say, you know, people are going to say mean things. Um, it happens, you know, I've, you know, everyone talks behind people's backs and that's just something that you have to sit back and realize like, okay, like I shouldn't do that. That's actually really rude. That's really hurtful. And so sometimes I kind of just look at it like that, like, you know, they just got to learn from their mistakes and hopefully they can be a better person. And I feel like, you know, this day and age, like we all just need to come together. Everybody needs to be nice, you know, with COVID and everything going on, the world's just been crazy. And I think the best thing to do is just be a friend and just love everybody for who they are. So yeah, I just, I just had to take a step back and just be like, I just, I can't look at this. This just isn't worth my time. And it's really hard sometimes not to want to respond and just be like, that's not, that's not what it is, you know, but Mm -hmm. um, if anything, you just got to ignore it and just move on with your day. And you know who you are, you know, yourself and you know what you believe in. So you just got to stick up for yourself and just keep being you. And um, for me, just helping those, those girls, it's social media is hard. I think a lot of people struggle and I've struggled, you know, with the way that social media is. And it's just like, I just want to post, you know, positive things and hopefully other girls can take that and, you know, feel that positivity in their life as well. Yeah. And I mean, you're not just talking about social media in terms of Instagram and Twitter. Uh, You have like a massive YouTube following. Talk to us a little bit about what it was like for you to kind of get into that platform and what it is that you like about it. Yeah. So I've always wanted to start a YouTube channel. It was just hard because so I know how to edit videos because I've gone to school for communications and journalism because I want to do sports broadcasting. I took a video production class and I just hated editing. So I was like, I don't even know where to start with this. I don't know who to hire for an editor. And like, there's just so much that goes into it. So I kind of pushed it off. I wanted to start it in college and, you know, kind of show people what the college scene is like and, 
you know, what we do behind the scenes um, never happened. And then when I got married, my husband, when he was younger, him and his friends would make like funny videos. And so he would edit them and he was actually like really good. So he was like, if we start a YouTube channel, I'll edit, I'll do it. Like, let's do it. This will be so fun. Like, let's document your journey. And so I was like, okay, we'll do it. And um, it was kind of hard at first. I didn't realize how hard YouTube was. And it's so stressful because, you know, to keep getting that following, you need to post two to three times a week. And I'm just like, I have so much going on in my life that is just really hard. So we tried to stick with once a week. Sometimes it would be like every two weeks. And currently it's like once a month, but we've had the holidays and I went on tour and we've, I just kind of needed a break. I needed a break from social media. I just, I just don't like having to post all the time. I'm just like, I just want to live my life. I want to be in the moment and enjoy it and not have to worry about, I got to get a picture. I got to document this. Like I get people want to see that and they love that. But at the same time, I'm like, I just want to live my life. So it's been kind of hard, but YouTube's just, it's been a blast. It's, it's really sad because, you know, I started the YouTube to do documenting my journey to the Olympics. Jonas was in the gym all the time, filming me, moving my mats. It, it was just a blast. And so now we're trying to transition into like, what do I do now with YouTube? Because my whole yeah. YouTube was about gymnastics. And so I'm not doing that anymore. So we're trying to come up with different ways and different videos of different things we can do. Um, so YouTube might be a little bit of a struggle for a little bit, but I hope that it gets, you know, going again. And I want to, I want to be, I just want to be that inspiration. I want to help people. I don't know if that will ever be through YouTube, but like, I just, I want to make a difference in the world. I want to make a difference, you know, even in college gymnastics, there's so many things that I feel like could be changed, could be different. Um, and like I said, social media is hard. And so I just want to help people be able to get through that and know that, you know, it's not what it, what, it, what it seems like. So who inspires you? through gymnastics, I'd have to say Sean Johnson was always my role model. Um, but I think like the main person that inspires me has been my sister, Chelsea. I don't know if that sounds kind of cheesy, but, um, I've been able to follow in her footsteps and she's a mom of four and, you know, she's been through it. You know, she helps me. I can call her whenever. And, you know, she always knows the right things to say and what to do. So I'm just super grateful for her and her experiences and, you know, her journey that, you know, has helped support mine to get to where I am. So she's been my biggest cheerleader, my lucky charm. So she's inspired me. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the gold over America tour. What was it like to jump into that straight after coming home from <clears throat> the Olympics? Um, it was really hard. I remember when I was signing on to tour, I met with the whole crew um, at Olympic trials after the first day of competition, um, which was kind of crazy because I was like, I didn't want it to be a distraction, but at the same time, I knew I wanted to do it. So I was like, well, let's just talk because they were all there. So I went and met with them and I was super excited and wanted to do it. And I knew when the time came around, I'd be like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> just because the whole, if I went to the Olympics with everything going on, I was just like, I'm just going to be exhausted and I'm still going to have to be doing gymnastics and traveling. And I did a little bit of the Kellogg's tour um, after 2016 and I didn't do the whole tour, but I did like nine cities and I was exhausted. So I kind of knew what to expect, but I was like, this is going to be 35 cities in a month and a half. Usually the Kellogg's tour is three months long. You do maybe three shows a week with the, Kel with the Gold Over America tour. We did five shows a week, two days off. So it was just a lot, but it was a lot of fun. I met one of the dancers, Alexa, me and her became really good friends. And 
she lives in LA right now, but she's from Utah. So she comes here a lot. They were just here for Christmas. So it's really fun getting to see her and just making all those memories. And um, the last show definitely hit me hard just because I was like, I'm basically retiring now. I mean, you can never say never. Who knows if I'll make a comeback? Not saying I am, but you just never <laughs> know. <laughs> but I just, I just got so emotional. I was like, this is all coming to an end. And I made the Olympic team. I, 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 I made all my goals. I could check off the list, you know, and I'm here on the tour, just getting to enjoy it now, just getting to live my life, having some fun and having all these people come and watch us was just, it was just incredible. I'm like, we have a story to tell. I'm so glad that they came and that they all enjoyed it and got something from it. You know, all of us, you know, have our own stories and our own experiences and we got to tie it all in and share it with the world. So it was, it was incredible. And I wish I could relive it, not maybe be with 20 girls every day, but, um, it was, it was, it was so cool. I, I don't know if you got a chance to see it or see anything on social media, but it was, it was incredible. So super grateful. I got the opportunity and the opportunity that they asked me to be a part of it. So it was, yeah. it was fun. You mentioned checking off all of your goals. When you think about like what's to come, what excites you right now? <laughs> Um, it's so hard. I feel like I'm really lazy right now. I'm like, I just want to like sit. I think it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I want to say it's okay, but then I kind of feel like I'm not productive and it's so hard because my every day I'm, you know, doing something seven hours a day. And I'm just like, now I just like, don't know what to do with myself. But at the same time, it's like, awesome. Like I just kind of want to sit and stare at the wall and do nothing. Like that sounds fun to me. I'm like, is that weird? But I mean, I'm, going back to school to finish my senior year. So a little bit stressed about that, but I mean, I've been doing so many collaborations, working with my agent, doing some fun things that I've always wanted to do. Um, I just came out with a dress with Ivy City Co. I'm coming out with a leotard collection with Ozone, which is coming out this month. Um, There's just so many fun opportunities that I've wanted to do for a really long time. So it's really cool to see all my dreams come true and that they're happening and I can bring them to life. So it's just been, it's been fun. So we'll see what the future brings. I mean, I'm going to school for sports broadcasting. Um, we'll see if I decide to do that or not. I also would like to start my own company of some sort down the road. I want to start a family. So hopefully in the next year. So I'm excited. There's absolutely nothing on your to-do list. Maybe I'll go into sports <laughs> broadcasting. Maybe I'll have a child soon. Maybe I'll maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see. I know. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't blame you for wanting to sit around and look at the wall for a little while. I mean, aside from traveling all over the place to finally be still, I'm sure is like one large exhale, but also probably a little bit unsettling at the same time. Um, yeah, definitely. And you finally have the opportunity to like sit down with thoughts that you probably hadn't had moments or time to truly process before this point. It's fun. It's, it's fun to not stress. I just remember like waking up and wanting to throw up or like, I would want to sleep into like nine or 10 o'clock because it got my mind off of thinking about the day or what was going on, you know, that week, if I was going to camp or going to a meet and it was just, it just made me feel so sick. And I was just like, it's weird not having that like hover over me anymore. Like I just, I feel so good. It's like a nice stress reliever. I just feel, I feel good. I haven't missed gymnastics yet, which I'm surprised. I feel like maybe once college season starts and elite season starts back up, I'm sure I'll miss it a lot more. But like right now I'm just like, this is great. Like I've waited so long for this moment to just enjoy life, go on vacation. Cause I've done 20 years of gymnastics. Haven't had the time to do that. So now I get to live my life. So it's fun. 
I love it. Yeah. And I mean, not for nothing, but to have this time to home back in and focus in on your relationships is probably really special. Oh, it's so fun. I mean, I feel like this is the time me and Jonas really get to spend time together because we got married in 2019, November, 2019, right before COVID happened. So we were lucky on that, but of course, you know, we were stuck with each other inside the house and I was doing gymnastics. So I feel like we really haven't had that time to like bond and get to enjoy being married. It's just been like stressful the whole time. So I don't know. It's just been so great. I'm loving it. I love life. You're kind of touching here on something that you learned about, I would argue, a lot sooner than most. And that is exercising boundaries that make sense for you. Uh, The thing about boundaries is that oftentimes we either uh, put them up or don't put them up because we're trying to people please or just do what we feel like we quote unquote should be doing. But for you going after such a massive goal, you really had to exercise your boundaries very early on. Yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy to think about? I'm like, at such a young age, we have such great discipline and I just feel like I'm so much more mature, which is kind of cool. I feel like gymnastics really matures you at such a young age. Yeah. I just feel like ever since, you know, I started elite gymnastics and went to the Corollis ranch, it was just kind of like whipped into shape, knew what I wanted, knew what I needed to do, knew I needed the rest. Yeah. And I mean, again, you're talking about from such a young age, it's just the experience now. I mean, 20 years of doing anything will legitimately teach you the most. So to be at this point in your career where you have had all these opportunities and been able to learn all of these lessons has truly been, I'm sure, something that in the long run has been so advantageous for you. Right now, if someone was to go to your social media, of course, they would see that you're an Olympic silver medalist, a 20 year gymnast, (laughs) someone with over 500,000 followers. But when you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? I really like that. That's a good one. I don't know. I feel like, you know, even this morning, just getting ready for this podcast, you know, just reflecting on the girl that I've grown up to be, it's just been, it's been amazing. It's amazing to see you know, that little girl that was working every day, crying, wanting to give up, and she kept pushing. And even, you know, with those hard days, she didn't want to quit. She kept going and was able to conquer the world. She went through and she did it and she never gave up and she keeps working hard for her dreams. And that's just pretty cool to see, you know, through my childhood, everything that I was able to do was just, it's, it was incredible. And I'm so proud of myself and being able to achieve the Olympics and make it here. Just very happy with myself and couldn't be prouder. A strong woman looking back at you in the mirror, for sure. Final question here. Right now, you have an opportunity to offer the Michaela who is at the end of the trifecta, the bone spur, the COVID, the pneumonia. She feels like she is totally knocked down time and time again. You have an opportunity to offer her one piece of advice looking back on that time right now. What do you tell her? It It's going to be hard. And the best thing to do is have love from your friends and family to support you because whenever you have those hard days, that's, what's going to make it easier. And, you know, without my friends or family, I don't think I would have been able to do it. Not even without my husband pushing me, keeping me going. I think I would have quit many, many times. So having that love and that support from your family will help you go a long way. 
So grateful for your time today. Love to hear a little bit more about your journey. Michaela, how did the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give me all your details. <laughs> um, you guys can follow me at Michaela Skinner 2016 on Instagram and Michaela Skinner on Twitter and Facebook and with our YouTube channel, just Michaela Skinner. So follow me along my journey. Hopefully it's still as exciting as a silver medal, but <laughs> you can keep in touch with me there. I'm over at Hurdle Podcast and at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.